0: Are you full of health and wellness information yet struggling to implement into your daily life? Or do you have your health sorted out but struggling to integrate it with your other areas of your life? We've surveyed a number of Wellness Couch fans and recognize that this is the biggest challenge that most of you face in daily life. How do you turn your knowledge into action and a lifestyle? Enter the Wellness Breakthrough. For three days and two nights in February, eight of your Wellness Couch favorites are gathering in Melbourne for one incredible event. And we just have three spots left. Entry to the Wellness Breakthrough is by application only. To apply, simply go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. And And apologies in advance if you apply and we're all sold out. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. We've always taken mums the word to mean keeping things to ourselves. Well, this is no longer the case as we provide mums with the natural, honest, and reliable resources they need from experts and other mums to keep their families happy, healthy, and safe. Be prepared to use your passion for parenting to empower yourself with the knowledge of choice. Welcome to Mum's the Word with your host, mum, and chiropractor, Kaz Jaff.
1: Hi, and thanks for tuning in again for another episode of Mum's the Word. I've been looking forward to sharing this episode with you for quite a while. I understand there are mums out there listening that have the baby in their belly for the first time and have found this podcast. And are now using it as a resource of where to go and what to do for their birth, but there's probably some mums out there with two babies in their belly, and so I thought it'd be very, uh, very wise to share. Um, the the experience of a mum who who has had twins and navigated that whole world herself and that she could embark some wisdom. So I have for you this week our guest, Sherry. She's actually an expat mum of four-year-old twin boys and lives in Amsterdam. As she said, it's never been a dull day at their house between the dinosaur expeditions, fort building, and games of hide-and-go-seek. Currently, Sherry is a stay-at-home mum on a mission to rock this motherhood thing. Sherry and her wife moved to Amsterdam when Sherry was four months pregnant and they had many adventures navigating a new city and creating a support system to help them through those first years. It's been a fun ride, as she says, albeit challenging at times, and they can't imagine having done anything, uh, anything any other way. So... Um, it's an, it's an amazing episode, I, uh, I take my hat off to Sherry having navigated a new city as well as having uh, two children arrive at one time for the very first time. Tune in and let us know what you think.
2: So Sherry, welcome. I've told the listeners a little bit about you already, but tell us about um, you a little bit more, um, the mum, the, the expat mum,
3: everything you wanted to share, we'd like to get to know you more. Great, thanks for having me. Um, I am originally from Atlanta. Uh, my mom is cuban my dad's american so i grew up in a bicultural family um and because that of that i love learning about different cultures and different languages and uh i speak to my boys in spanish i was really good about it in the beginning and now i kind of fall into english a little bit but i'm starting to go back um and i left atlanta in 2004 and since then i've lived in four different countries landing to where I am now in Amsterdam in the Netherlands. And I love it. Um, Yeah. Personally in my spare time, (laughs) ha, let me rephrase that in the time that I make for myself (laughs) that I carve out for myself. um, I love to do yoga. I love to curl up with a good book. Um, I love to whip my camera out and take pictures. Uh, And I love to do puzzles, which is something that I sort of discovered through doing them with the kids. Um, So that's sort of the the fun side. And then professionally, I've worn a few hats. Uh, I worked at the Ritz-Carlton in Atlanta um, for several years, which I have lots of good stories from that era. Um, And before the boys were born, I translated from Spanish to English. And since the boys were born, I have just been on a mission to rock this motherhood thing. So that's where I am at now. Exciting. So um,
2: tell, tell us a little bit more about your road to motherhood, because that's really what um, I wanted you to share. It's a, okay. it's a great story, and I think uh, the listeners will really
1: appreciate hearing
2: from your wisdom.
3: Yeah. Um, well, I got married uh, to my wife in 2008 on Halloween. Um, and then the next year we decided to try and get pregnant. And uh, we did this actually in Atlanta. And the process for picking a donor is actually <laughs> very interesting. It's very funny. It's sort of pickyourbabysdaddy.com because you do it online and you're looking at all of the different characteristics and all of the information and um, and you find out so if much.
2: Mm-hmm. If they have a Harvard degree and-
3: Yeah, no, everything from their eye color and hair color to whether they have a tattoo, what their favorite movie is. It's really, really crazy. And so we, we got, uh, somebody that had Corinne's characteristics as far as, um, hair color and eye color and that sort of thing. Um, and so in 2009, we got pregnant. Um, that one ended in a miscarriage, unfortunately, but we gave it a try again in 2011. And, um, And at that point, I really wanted twins, actually, to be honest, because the biological clock was ticking. And I thought, okay, yeah, you know, two, one pregnancy. And uh, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. (laughs) I would do it all over again, exactly the same. But at that time, I had no idea what I was getting myself into because we didn't have any friends that were having babies. You know, we were moving around so much um, that, yeah, it was it was something a bit foreign to us. So, um when I was pregnant that time, I felt pretty pregnant actually. The uh, assistant from the reproductive center called me and she said, "You know, your HCG levels are really high." And I went, "Oh, oh how many babies do I have in there?" You know, and um, and so yeah, it ended up being twins. Okay, so. back up a bit. Back up a
2: bit. We've missed that whole yeah. process of how how did you get pregnant? I mean, obviously in every country it's different. Um, tell us a little bit more about that process. You pick. You pick a donor, you order the sperm to be delivered in a frozen jar or is it held at the hospital? How does that go?
3: Uh, Well, yeah, you pick the donor. And actually the donor we wanted had a waiting list. And so we had to wait. And they don't tell you exactly when it's going to be available um, because they do quarantine it because they do tests um, in the beginning and then they wait six months and they do tests again. And uh, they send it directly to the um, reproductive center. Um, and yeah, it's in a little jar. It was just sitting there on the desk <laughs> when we walked in, which was quite funny. And, um, yeah, we did it through insemination and, um, we're lucky the first go. Amazing.
2: Amazing. Yeah. So you got to basically
3: can... do it naturally.
2: It's great. Yeah. 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 It's good. Amazing. So, okay. You're there and you've got these HCG levels that are through the chats and you're already feeling quite pregnant. Um, feel free to share symptoms if you like or not that's no problem but is it that you then find that for sure from the from the you obviously have to wait till um, the ultrasound or listening to some heartbeat to know that it's twins
3: yeah well they uh they normally don't do the ultrasound until seven weeks and uh corinne was leaving to go um she was leaving to go to Amsterdam in six weeks at six weeks. And I said, please just let us do the scan. They said, okay, at six weeks, we'll let you do the scan just so that you could see how many sacks there were. Um, but don't expect a heartbeat or anything like that. So we were like, okay. And, and yeah, so then we, we did the scan and it was twins and, uh, and I got big really quick actually. Um, I'm quite petite anyway, but I remember being in yoga class and someone looked at me and they said, oh, how far along are you? And I said, 24 weeks. And she looked at me and she looked at herself and I went, it's twins, it's twins. She's like, oh, okay.
2: <laughs> I remember that um, so well, that whole everyone's belly being different. And I think with me being really tall, I hardly had anything. And I start to question, is there a baby in there? Because you feel so good in that second trimester. Right, right. And you know, you think, well, okay, I know first first semester wasn't, uh, trimester wasn't that easy. But second time, uh, second semester, that second trimester, you, yeah, you feel so good. And if there's not much of a bump, you're like, okay, this is it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay. So great. So where does that
2: uh, international move come into the story?
3: So, yeah, four months. um, Corinne had already come and I moved to uh, Amsterdam and, um, and it was great. She had the whole house already set up. I didn't have to do anything. I just sailed right in. Um, but it's tricky, you know, because you have your favorite things that you want, whether they're foods or, you know. And where do I get the organic food that I want? And where, you know, can I find maternity yeah. clothes? Exactly, everything and anything, and and luckily, um, we ended up coming across well-being chiropractic and uh, Amsterdam Mamas, which is a great group here in Amsterdam, uh, where you can just ask them any question and moms come to your help within minutes on this forum. So it's really, really great. Um, but yeah, it was tricky because you're you're super pregnant, and you're navigating this new city and. The different language and everything like that so but but it worked out and um then uh at 33 weeks i had a checkup and i wasn't feeling so hot uh that week um but i chalked it up to well i'm pregnant with twins and you know it's not going to be a walk in the park but um she said oh well your blood pressure is a bit high so we need to keep you um here for observation for the weekend, um, possibly stay until the boys were born. And I said, Oh, can I just go home for two hours? You know, because I left the house going, Oh, okay, I'm just going to go for a checkup. I'll be back in a couple hours. And not, Okay, I'm leaving the house and I'm going to go to the hospital and have the boys, you know. I'm home and, with two children. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, No, I think they were afraid I wasn't going to come back. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so then, uh, they kept me for observation, uh, over the weekend, lots of pee samples and that sort of thing. And so then they said, yeah, you have preeclampsia. So we're going to keep you here in the hospital, uh, and just monitor you. And, um, I was there for a little over a week, uh, at which point they, uh, said, okay, yeah, your blood pressure is a bit out of control. So the boys need to come out. Um, and at that point I was so tired you know I said okay okay the boys weighed about 2.5 kilos each so I was okay with their weight and um, I said all right and I tried to do it naturally at first Um, they induced labor and um, yeah about 24 hours later I was still three centimeters my body wasn't really having it uh, as much as I wanted it and so they said okay well let's do the c-section and so I said all right that's how they yeah, came out.
2: I can hear your cats in the background.
3: Yeah, them. No, it's not the
2: children. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so, so um, was there any signs of preeclampsia before that? Uh, before that time,
3: uh, I was a bit swollen as well. Like my feet were a bit swollen and um, my hands were a bit swollen, but I, it wasn't anything really, really odd that I, uh, was, you know, thought it was something to worry about. Um, but I did kind of feel just a bit tired and a bit warm. And I remember being on the tram going to the hospital and I was just fanning myself with my hand actually. And this nice man gave me his magazine to fan. And I was just like, thank you. You know, I must've just looked like, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. So, yeah.
2: So, um, okay, so keep going where, I mean, I'm really into the story, you know, to the birth and getting home and yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, twins.
3: Yeah. So it's really, it's really odd, you know, because all of a sudden you're pregnant and then all of a sudden you're not and they're not with you. (laughs) Um, and, uh, so they had him in the NICU, um, but they were fine actually, uh, Aiden had a respiratory tube, but he ended up pulling it out over the night, and they didn't have to put it back in. Um, and they stayed in the NICU for three weeks only because they couldn't feed on their own, so because they were so small. So they had the little feeding tube uh, that went into their stomach, and um, yeah, it was crazy. Because I, well, I was in the hospital for a week recovering from the C-section, uh, and then um, the last two weeks I had to go home. Which was really hard. Yeah, so I don't know if some
2: of the, <laughs> the listeners know that, but just because the baby stay doesn't mean the mum can stay in a maternity, um, in maternity ward. No. So, so how, yeah. they've got a tube feeding them. But tell us a little bit about um, breast milk coming in, and I mean, were you finger feeding, or where was that? Where was that milk coming from?
3: Well, I was uh, pumping during that time. Um, especially, uh, in the beginning. And it was quite hard because you're not with your babies. And so it's really, you know, they would say, okay, uh, get a picture of your babies while you're trying to pump, you know? So at least that kind of triggers your, your brain and it's, it's, yes really hard you know and then I would go in there as often as I could they're sleeping of course so often so they had certain times that you could come in especially like feeding times and you come in and, and give them skin to skin time and um they would give them the the milk that you were able to pump um but they couldn't latch on to me because they were too small so uh, so then I kind of got into a pumping routine actually um
2: You're and amazing. uh you're amazing I, well, <laughs> I mean i remember i don't remember how long you fed for but i just remember the stories of the feeding and you know i mean you literally you're literally pumping and you feel i guess for one of another term,
3: you feel like a cow the whole time yeah, yeah. completely you're doing it so often really you know true. and yeah. i did it for five months but they got i didn't have it wasn't only breast milk i supplemented it was half formula half breast milk um and uh, you know, and I had the the twin breastfeeding pillow, and there were times that I would try to like get them to latch on, and um, which was very sweet. But and you know, I would have loved to have done that more. But honestly, then I would have just been twenty four hours a day just sitting there <laughs> with one, and then the other because I didn't always want to feed at the same time, you know. So which is also uh, a good thing, I guess. Sort of. So so the pumping was great. You know, it it, it served its
2: purpose. So yeah. And what about nights? How did that go? I mean, my my nice. vision is that once like one, one settle, you know, once settled, settled, and then one starts crying, you get one, you get one uh settled again, and then you swap <laughs> over. And I mean, tell us a little bit about that, because I think that's the, you know, if any of our listeners are now pregnant with twins, I think that would be one of the, the things going through my mind: how am I going to get through the first few months?
3: Yeah, well, we had what well, was funny at the hospital. the The night before they came home, the boys came home. They let us stay all in the same room, and they said, "Okay, we're just down the hall, but you guys are going to do everything on your own. So every three hours, you're going to change the the diaper and you're gonna you're gonna feed." So crin and I are like, "Okay, we can do this." So first round, and we do the feeding and we do the the diapers, and then. It's maybe half an hour left until the next meeting and we thought, oh my goodness, we are not going to sleep for the next year. It was really funny, but, um, don't let that alarm the listeners. You do get better at it. (laughs) (laughs) You
2: you have survived and the boys have too, so, you know, there's Uh, a happy ending.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, but we were, at home, we were on a pretty strict schedule, like every three hours and so, you know, I would wake them up and, um. -hmm. And take the, of course, Coon was sleeping, so I didn't, I tried not to wake her up because she was also working. So, um, and we had the boys in our room in a little bassinet next to our bed. And, um, and so, yeah, I would take them out to the front room and, and feed them and then go back. And usually they were pretty sleepy. And to be honest, gosh, those first six months were such a blur. And anyway. so, did you get out of the house?
2: Did you, I mean, did you get, by the time were- I...
3: Well, they were born in November, and I remember I just hibernated a lot of that winter, and it was really cold here in Amsterdam, Um, so I was fine to do it, and and, yeah, my parents came that Christmas and and helped out a bit. Yeah, because at that
2: time, you know, there's probably no help, no helping hands, you're just navigating it on your own.
3: No, well, that's the thing, yeah, when when you live abroad, you don't have family around, and especially if you're new to the city, then you don't, you know, know who to call for help, and to get the support and stuff so just you just do people always say they go I don't know how you do it I go well you just do (laughs) day by day day by day sometimes it's hour by hour (laughs) but you just take it in shorter shorter time and
2: you definitely I can imagine let a lot of things go you
3: know the hair the laundry for sure that's yeah there's you know if there was advice that I was going to give, it would be like you do, you have to let go of all of that. You have to let go of the perfectionist, yeah, you know. That's it's every it's mom. you that's can't dream Yeah. Exactly, you know, and you you Yeah. You just do what you can and don't and wear do too your much best. black
2: and uh you know. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all those little uh, spit-up moments or just as you're about to leave the house. And, exactly. You know, Lots of burp cloths. And <laughs> I mean, I think I was always so punctual. You know, it was a really important thing for me. And then, of course, to become a mom, it, yeah, it's just uh, you just have to go with the flow. You know, it's uh, yeah.
3: No, exactly. You have to be flexible, you know, and, and at the end of the day, you just go, okay, what's the worst thing that can happen if I'm 10 minutes late, you know, and then that's sort of Okay.
2: Let's you deflate a little bit and go on totally and so I mean obviously I just want to I have a little boy and I see how different they are you know innately to girls and of course I'm being very general but to have two let's just move along a little bit in time when you've got let's say two two two-year-old boys learning how to (laughs) say no and what I'm witnessing right now at the stomp of the foot you know tell us a little bit about that and you know shall I say inverted commas double trouble
3: the, yes, very strong-willed boys I have, and um, on the one hand, I think it must be amazing to be a twin because you've got a permanent playmate. You know, you always have someone there to play with who's your age, and especially if you're a boy who likes the same things that you do. You know, and and so um, that's great. And anytime I run into twins that are older, they're like, "Oh, I'm a twin." I'm always like, "Thank your mother," <laughs> you know, because <laughs> thank your mother. It's not easy. Um, but, yeah, and especially now, you know, the boys have just turned four. And so it's very full on. And that's sort of where, you know, I fall to my my quote that helps me out is, is it's not an emergency, you know, because I'll start they'll start fighting, especially when they start physically fighting and I'll try to break them up. And I feel myself so kind of getting hot. You know, I'm like, OK, and then, yeah, you just have to kind of think, OK. It's not an emergency. They're just beating each other up, <laughs> so, so but you how, can handle it. You know, how are they? Can they
2: get along well, or are there are moments when they you can feel that they want to be solo time with you or just be on their own away from each other. How do you handle that?
3: Um, they do get along really well, but I do see in them, um, wanting to be just with us, just one-on-one time, you know, which is really difficult with twins. And, and I, I, read the advice in so many different places about having like that special time, you know, to try and, and so my wife and I try to do that on the weekends, you know, we'll, we'll kind of separate them off and and, I'll be with one, she'll be with the other, and then we'll switch. And, And I think it really makes a difference to them, you know, because when you have a single kid, they have all that attention for anyway, those years until you have another, or if you don't, um, and the twins never get that. Um, it's also another reason that, like they le- learn language later, I think, is because you're never talking directly to one. You're always talking to them as a group, and so they learn language a little bit slower, which is really interesting. Yeah. Very yeah. Nice.
2: And you've obviously got yeah. you got two languages, don't you? Or three, really?
3: With the uh, language. well, we do two, two at home. Yeah. And the Dutch, they they got in for school and uh, preschool and that sort of thing, but they never really spoke it. They uh, they understood. They understood a lot more than I thought they did. We went to the doctor one time and the doctor was telling him to open his mouth and turn his head and he was doing it. And I thought, wow, <laughs> my son understands Dutch. But Because um, that would yeah. also play a
2: part of them maybe not speaking so quickly as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, but so, um, yeah. you know, what I really, what this podcast was really all about was the fact that, you know, all around the world, us mums, we're, we're all in the same boat, you know, no matter where we are. We have got similar concerns and struggles and and that we're really all in this together it's you know we all have similar fears and, um, and similar successes so so tell us a little bit about um some of the harder times a time when you struggle maybe personally with this mum uh expat mum mum of twins, even anywhere in pregnancy and the fact that you're having a birth away from, uh, away from family yeah
3: um Gosh, there were moments during the pregnancy where I thought I remember laying in in my bed and going, whoa, I've got two little human beings coming into the world and I've never done this before. You know, I. uh, I would it's funny, I would tell parents or tell moms that uh, already had one child, I'd say, gosh, I don't know how you had twins after having another child to take care of because towards the end of my pregnancy I felt like a beached whale like I could just sit on the couch <laughs> and uh, they would look at me and go well I don't know how you had twins and you've never had a child before you don't even know what you're doing you're kind of thrown to the wolves you know and um so but you know it it you do you 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 know I think that's a little bit of blessing as well though a little
2: bit of ignorant ignorant <laughs> bliss I think it is exactly, you know, kind of, of just not jump right in. I mean, I think, you know, I was always, you know, at that stage when I wanted a child. yeah, I think twins would be great for exactly the same reasons that you said, you know, you get two children yeah. and one go and uh, it's all over and great. And then after having one, I was like, oh, my God, what was I thinking? You know, and Yeah. <laughs> I'm very happy, very happy to have, you know, three plus years between the two. I mean, I've, I've witnessed people who have right. twins and triplets. I mean, you change nappies like a sport you know it's just you, you, you've got to do it and uh you know there's, there's you no learn to do things
3: very quickly and with one hand and yeah, yeah
2: absolutely so um yeah but okay. I think a time
3: yeah I think one time that I really struggled um Corinne is an amazing mommy but sometimes they send her out of town on business <laughs> and she was gone for 10 days and this was when the boys were one and I thought okay this is going to be hard but I can do You know, so, and and one, it's still pretty labor intensive. You know, you're still doing a lot of things for them and and all of that. And uh, on day 10, we were going to this Montessori play group by this wonderful woman, Simone Davies, here. And we get there and Simone opens the door and she's like, good morning. And I just burst into tears. Like, (laughs) I just could not take it anymore. She's like, oh my goodness, are you okay? And I was like... (laughs) it's been out of town for 10 days and I'm tired. And <laughs> <laughs> she, she was so sweet. She took the boys in. She goes, go to a cafe, go get a cup of coffee, go take some time to yourself, you know? And the one thing I learned from that was, you just have to ask for help, you know. You have to so get true. the babysitters if you, if you need it, you know. And don't feel guilty for saying, okay, I need five hours to myself. Here, I need a babysitter. You take them and I'm going to go. Even if it's just to go sit in a restaurant and read a book or walk in the park and stare yeah. into space and sit on a bench, you know. Whatever it is, you Absolutely. really you've you have got to. Put it on the
2: head, I think, that, um, you know, they're only being able to be as happy as what, what mommy is. I think one of those No, things exactly. That, you know, even just taking a nap,
3: you know? <laughs> Egg, yeah, taking a long hot shower. You know, these things are not to be underrated. Wash your hair. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, I think especially when there's two. You know, I think okay, nap time. That's my opportunity to get something done or even have a nap. But when there's two and potentially not on the same uh, time frame, I can just see you think, oh, that's my mom. exactly. A nap when one wakes up, we just go, oh no, just got to roll. Yeah
3: exactly exactly so yeah especially you know if you don't have family around you um you know figure out who you can get the support from the babysitters nannies neighbors what whatever because it does take a village you know you can't do it on your own so
2: agree agree so what drives you what gets you out of bed what lets you keep going on those moments coffee i'm just kidding (laughs)
3: There was this quote I read the other day? It was motherhood powered by love, fueled by coffee, sustained by wine, and I thought that is so true. <laughs> um, do what no, you, you know, do. I think, yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's a desire to to be that mom that I want to be. You know, because especially with two boys, it can be really challenging. You know, and sometimes I do yell a little more than I want to yell, and it's just um, it's about you know, not being the perfect mom because life isn't perfect and the world isn't perfect. And I think it's good for your kids to, to see that, you know, but to be the the more calm, cool, collected, playful mom that I want to be, you know, and, and, uh, and I will say, you know, not a mom that her entire world revolves around her kids either, because I think it's healthy for the boys to see, you know, mommy's got other things going on in her life and, and to nurture that side. But But, yeah, I'm just sort of day by day taking it and trying to get all the tools in my toolbox so that I can be, you know, the playful mom that gives my kids their self-confidence they need and that sort of thing. Yeah. That's what drives me right now. Yeah. I mean, that leads
2: into my next question was really what would you tell someone who either just found out they've got twins and, um, you know, or your younger self, you know, pre-birth, what would you tell yourself? touched on it a little bit but just to share
3: whether it was you know in the getting
2: pregnant stage so.
3: yeah I guess the first thing I would say is be prepared for anything <laughs> because so many things can change you know you you have how you want your birth to go and and with twins a lot of times it doesn't end up that way like for example I really wanted the natural birth um and so I don't know if it was out of denial or whatever. I didn't really look into C-sections, even though I knew that uh, it was a high possibility having twins, you know, and I just didn't really read into it. So when I got there, I was kind of like, oh, what are we doing? Okay. <laughs> you know, and just sort of, yeah, be prepared for, for whatever can happen. I mean, there's something to be said then, for not letting it get in your
2: radar, you know, not let, not letting it get in your psychology as well. It's like, no, I'm not going down that path. so. I
0: don't need to yeah, know. yeah. There's
2: obviously. Well, right right yeah, yeah. yeah. So because you've touched on it a little bit i was just curious as well just hearing about the you know the birth and the twins you don't know what you can be prepared of obviously being a chiropractor and being your chiropractor i want to hear a little bit about um you know how that was for you in your pregnancy and also just with the boys as well being twins you know there's obviously a higher incidence of them being squashed in a small space and you know what's been your experience?
3: Um, yeah. Let me think. You mean, as far as like the the well, in aspect of how? As well, I mean, obviously you hadn't been pregnant before, but
2: you know, how was that for you? Pre-adjustment, post-adjustment in your pregnancy. What was it that you know? You obviously you, something was working for you. You kept coming back. You decided to bring your children.
1: Yeah, you decided no, to bring your children I to get
2: checked, and, you know, newborns. <laughs> you know, there was obviously some trust and faith in you
3: know what we did. Yeah, no, I very much look forward to my chiropractic sessions, um, because especially, gosh, you're carrying so much weight, you know, and you're not used to it. And, um, and so it just really helped loosen things up, um, with the adjustments while I was pregnant, um, and just sort of felt like everything flowed a little better after I left, um, and, uh, with the boys, um, They love it. We've been going, I take them every month still. Um, and therefore, um, and for them, it's also a lot of the, it gives me peace of mind because there's a lot of rough and tumble with them, especially these days, you know, And, and I'll walk in and, and they'll be like, Hmm, someone fell on their head this month. Or, you know, like I can just tell when things are a bit out of whack. Um, and, and the boys love it, too. They hop right up there on the table now themselves, and they're like, okay, ready, you know. And, um, and I think, think health-wise as well. For you, you know, the, the physicality as well of, like,
2: carrying them, pushing. I mean, I remember you had this uh, situation where you, I think, you had to carry your pram up steps or, you know, there was a…
3: Yes, because we had lots of stairs, and so yeah, I'm carrying the double stroller up, you know, two flights of stairs, and um, yeah, my body. And it was one of those things where I didn't really notice it, you know, I didn't tap into it because it's, you know, you you just go through your day, you know, and then all of a sudden you're you're shattered at the end of the day, and you fall asleep, and you don't really tune into it until I would go to my adjustments, and then afterwards I'm like, whoa, you know, <laughs> it was just all felt so much better.
2: I mean, one of the other exactly. things that the adjustment does is that it's you know it shuts off the stress response as well, and you know we're all basically driven on the cortisol and the adrenaline and you
3: know right the yeah 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 as
2: well so it's a nice way just to take a ah and really come into that relaxing part of the nervous system as well. So I just threw that in there because it came up. I know I know we. yeah no and I
3: feel like with the boys too like it calms them down as well and I think that is why and they know that on a certain level which is why they're willing to just jump up there and be like okay my turn you know it's it's yeah it's great so um, best advice you were given
2: either when you were pregnant by somebody else or you know by another mom you know
3: possibly as it relates to twins oh I think it would be the letting go of the perfectionism, like you just really have to, um, yeah, go with the flow, like you said, you know, especially when you have two and, and also letting go of that inner critic that you have inside, you know, because all of us have that little voice that says, oh, you should have done that better, or you're not doing this enough, or, you know, and, and it, Just is not productive at all, you know. It just sort of weighs you down, and so and and we all have it, you know. We all have the 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 want to be perfect for our kids and to want to have everything in order, and um. But life will just be so much happier and lighter (laughs) if you just let go of it all, you know. And
2: (laughs) they say that the you know children are our biggest teachers, and that is, I mean, it's such an important life lesson. And it's not, I mean, it's related to every mom out there. It's not just a twin thing, because you know, I, I. know that i see that in myself as well and i guess yeah. it comes from a good place but you know, mm-hmm. the guilt you know the self mummy guilt and the you know that constant voice you know yeah it's, it's nice that we always want to yeah. be nice person but that can be detrimental and for stress as well so yeah, sure. it might be nice to share some resource um book or website or something that you refer to in the sort of twin world
3: that's been helpful for you
2: i know you're um. on your
3: facebook Yeah. Well, the, there's a Amsterdam twin mamas group here that, uh, and it has over a hundred people in it. It's amazing how many people have twins and multiples. I think there's a triple parent in there as well. Um, as far as books go, there's a book called, um, Twinspiration, um, by Cheryl Lage. And, uh, it's real life advice from pregnancy through the first year. And that one was really, really helpful. Um, and online, um, Aha parenting, like AHA parenting is great. Um, Dr. Laura Markham is wonderful. She has so much good advice, especially surrounding positive parenting and that sort of thing. And and she starts from pregnancy and birth all the way to teenage years. Um, so that's a big, big one that I resort to quite often. And um gosh, there's another online e-course that I just did, the Abundant Mama Project, which is where I learned a lot of this um, Yeah, letting go and trusting yourself. I think that's big too with twin mamas as well, is like trusting that maternal instinct that you have. Um, Because a lot of times you will feel that you don't have the answers and, and it's, you know, sort of let go of the what ifs. I'm a worrier by nature, so I always have the what ifs going on, you know, but what if this, but what if that? But, you know, and I've kind of learned over the years, you know, if I do kind of trust what that initial instinct of mine was to do, it was right, you know. So I think that's another good one. Um, but this girls, uh, wisdom
2: that you keep throwing out, I'm writing no. it down for the show notes. <laughs> think, yeah, this, these are perfect pearls for any mom. You
3: know? Yeah, yeah. Well, this Abundant Mama project was really, it's based on, uh, you know, giving gratitude and letting go and trusting yourself and uh, and being playful and, and nurturing yourself. You know, you really, it's, the, people always reference the, Okay, in an airplane, you have to put on your own oxygen mask before you put on your kids' oxygen masks. And it's so true in everyday life. You know, you've got to take care of yourself and... And I would say don't wait until you have that whole afternoon block free to go get the massage and the facial. Do little stuff during the day, you know, like whether it's, OK, savoring that cup of coffee in the morning for just five minutes or, you know, gosh, they're they're sleeping. So I'm just going to go sit outside and watch the clouds go by for a minute instead of doing the laundry and cleaning the kitchen and whatever, you know. And, and I think it helps you sort of, yeah, reset, like you say, and, and then you'll have the energy for, for the kids.
2: Thank you so much. It's yeah, been, you're it's welcome. So nice. I'm just, <laughs> you know, really, just you know, hearing the back end, and you know what, how you've grown through through motherhood, and I really think the listeners will get a lot of that out of it. So, thank you so much. It Great, pleasure, It's been
3: a pleasure. Ah, yeah, it's been wonderful chatting. Thank you. Thank you, okay, bye.
0: Thank you for joining us on this episode of Mums the Word. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes and join us on our Facebook page to help us share the message to more mums all over the world. We look forward to having you join us again next time here on your trusted source for all mums everywhere, Mums the Word. We hope you enjoyed this Wellness Couch podcast brought to you by Audible. Do you find that you just don't have time to read all the awesome books that you hear mentioned on the Wellness Couch? Well, Audible might just have the answer. Audible is offering The Wellness Couch listeners a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You can get books like Eat Right for Your Blood Type, Why We Get Fat by Gary Taubes, Paleo Diet for Athletes, or even The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash The Wellness Couch. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash The Wellness Couch for your free audiobook.